0: Beyond the Baseline is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners, more payouts than any other site. Enter the promo code BEYOND at FanDuel.com. Play a risk-free tournament at up to $10. bucks. we are also sponsored by the SeatGeek app, the easiest way to find a great deal. Pay for your tickets, get to your seat, download the SeatGeek app, enter our code BEYOND for $20 off your first purchase. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. This is the Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. This week, we are going to talk about Sports Person of the Year candidates Serena Williams and Novak Djokovic. I have in studio Elizabeth Newman, SI's tennis editor, Jamie Lasanti, SI's tennis producer, by phone, the estimable SL Price, and I Let's just start with, the I mean, it's, it's a strange year for tennis in that some years there are no candidates, this year there are two. I hope we can avoid turning this into men versus women and men's tennis versus women's tennis and undercutting one at the expense of another, but it seems to me if either Serena Williams or Novak Djokovic were to win, it would be a valid choice, and if neither of them were to win... Tennis has got no chance of ever uh, getting this thing. Um, But, Jamie, I don't know. Why don't don't you, uh, Jamie, take us away as our tennis producer.
1: All right, so I'll just kind of start out. We'll we'll do this roundtable style. Let's start with John because today on SI.com, we published uh, your case for Serena Williams. So can you talk a little bit about what you wrote and why she gets your vote this year? Or does she get your vote this year?
0: I'll come clean and say I am shamelessly in the bag for Serena Williams. She gets my vote. She was 53-3. and three. She won three majors. The one conceivable knock, I think, against her is that she did not pull off the Grand Slam. That was a disappointment to all of us, not least to her, but I don't think that should undercut the bigger picture here. And what I wrote in the piece was that imagine if the timing were reversed and she had lost in Australia but won the next three slams. Three majors, three different surfaces— Never mind that she's doing this deep into her 30s. We would say this is one of the all-time great years, and it's a pity she didn't win all four. It's a pity that she came 26th, 28th of the way from doing it. But to me, that hardly disqualifies her tanks her candidacy.
2: Um, I think I agree with everything you said, and if it weren't for Novak Djokovic, I probably would be rooting for Serena. Um, I'm going to give my take on why I think Djokovic should be sports person of the year, which will go up on SI.com, I guess, in about a week or two. But um, you spoke about, you know, the only knock against Serena was that she didn't win the final slam. I think you can add to that, though, she didn't finish the season. If you compare that to Djokovic, who just won his 11th title of the season, Serena kind of was drained after the U.S. Open, both physically and emotionally and mentally. Whereas after Novak lost the French to Stan Wawrinka... He didn't take any time off. He kept going, and he went on to win Wimbledon and the U.S. Open and finish the season 82-6. and six. So he's had a stellar year, um, and I think both of us thought going into the French Open that this could be a case for both of them to win the season slam at the end of the slam season. Um, Djokovic was in every slam final this year, and that's amazing. Um, where Serena lost, you know, in the semis at the U.S. Open, um, Djokovic was there for all of it. So I think that's where he has one thing up on Serena for the season. has been his consistency. Scott, jump in. Where are I you? Mean, on I,
0: this?
3: I, yeah, I. I, uh, I mean, first off, I mean, Djokovic's, Djokovic's year is is astonishing. We all thought after 2011 he'd never top it, and uh, I mean, this year has been an even better year than than 2011. Three slams, uh, you know, 80, 82 and six, 11 titles. It, it's an absurd run of dominance. I will, I will point out, however, that that Serena's winning percentage is slightly higher. Um, not that it matters, but but the fact is, is that I mean, it's really what you what you come to sportsmen for. I mean, if you want pure sporting dominance, you know, wire to wire. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to argue with with, with Djokovic in any way. If the Sportsman Award is about, you know, "quote unquote," the manner in which they strive, um, and you know, to a certain extent, um, it is a sometimes a career achievement award. I mean, Serena Williams is, has has had this coming for a while. I think she's uh, obviously just one within uh, uh, surpassing Steffi Graf, and she's um, she's just shown a. I, I mean, this 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 this, this entire year was a run through the raindrops for her. I mean, she was constantly battling herself um, and, and, and coming through. I mean, she, she was vomiting in Australia during the final. She was, and, and by the way, also sort of shrugged off a hindrance call, which, you know, three, four years ago would have, been thermo, would have been a thermonuclear device on court. So she's shown this incredible, um, you know, sort of uh, maturation uh, that we've all, we all were waiting for in some ways. Um, you know, she 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 went to Ind- went back to Indian Wells, which I think is a is a is quite a significant return uh, for her to return there uh, uh, fourteen years after uh, a pretty horrific incident uh, for the family and 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 certainly for her on court being booed while winning a title there. And they, the family vowed not to go back, and there was this sort of element of conciliation at a time in our country where uh, you don't see much of that. So I found that intriguing, and then she goes to Paris and. And, and almost doesn't make it to the final because she's again sick and yet she prevails um, you know she was after the semifinal you know huddled on a bench you know quivering um, and so it's it's really kind of a completely different they're, they're almost two different sort of um, quantities to judge I mean I, I mean Serena's is 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 full of drama as always and and there's some off the court stuff that that Really gives us pause, and I and I also feel like again, she career-wise, uh, she clearly deserves it. If she hasn't put a stranglehold on the greatest of all time uh, at this point. I I don't know what she, what else she has to do really, um, and you know if you if you just want pure sports and a guy just run, running uh, at a level that we've we've rarely seen before in the sport, then you can't go wrong with Djokovic.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned greatest of all time, and one of the frustrations of that discussion is that nobody's really drawn the parameters, but it also is what makes it such an animated discussion, right? And I, I think we have the same thing here. You you mention it, and I think at, at some level, we need to define our terms, and what is sportsman, what is sportsperson of the year, what does it entail? The list of winners sometimes is somebody that's just been singularly great at their sport. Other times, you know, it was Pat Summit a few years ago. So, or Dean, uh, Dean yeah, Smith, Dean Smith. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think at some level we're you know c- comparing slams and comparing winning winning percentages. At, you know, at, at some level, one of the the great beauties and frustrations about this award is that it's kind of loosely defined. So I, I think you're right. How how much import do you give Indian Wells? How much of this do we take to have an element of career achievement? Serena is obviously you know six six years older than Djokovic. Um, But I, I think you raise a, a lot of good points, Scott. I, th- I think the other point I would raise is that I can't think of any other athlete, never mind in tennis, who has the set of pressures that Serena has. And some of those are on court. I mean jo- Djokovic lost the French Open and in a sense all the pressure went out of his year. It was all – I don't want to say it was right. all gra- – it was all gravy, but he didn't come to the U.S. Open with this with history on the line. And I think they're much on a sort of much deeper level. They're social pressures that Serena Williams faces that no other athlete, much less tennis player, comes close to shouldering.
2: Well, Also, I think another question – I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. I was just going to say another thing about defining what sportsman is, I think you also have to include fan appreciation. And to do that, I think then I'm going to vacillate back towards Serena because Djokovic aside, look at his – record, his the year that he had, everyone was still talking about Serena. Serena made people turn to tennis, whether they were naturally tennis fans or they just wanted to see the hype, wanted to see if she could do it. By the end of the summer, right going into the U.S. Open, she was the sports story. That's what everyone was talking about. Everyone had their eyes glued to the Open to see if she was going to complete the season slam. And I think that brings another element to sportsmen in that you draw fans in. You draw fans into your competition. You draw fans into your performance. And you bring new fans to the sport. And I do think she definitely did that this season.
3: Yeah, and I think if they both were in similar positions, if they both went into the open with a grand slam on the line, there is this extra element that Serena brings to it, her her historic import, both sociologically and sporting-wise in, in tennis terms. I mean, uh, Djokovic would have been this pure Kenny Jewett sporting event. Yeah. It, it, Serena is, is, is all about uh, you know, African American woman playing in a white sport and 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 achieving this pinnacle at this late age, and uh, and you know bringing in things like you know uh, Drake and Common and you know everything else that Serena that goes with Serena um, is it makes her spectacularly dramatic to watch and does bring in people outside the sport um, into the sport. I, I feel like Djokovic's achievement, even if he had done it, would have been a tennis achievement. And Serena, because of everything we know, would have been an achievement that would have spilled all over the culture in so many different ways.
0: All right. Hold that thought. Let's take a word from our sponsor. Why do we love sports? There's entertainment. There's excitement, tribalism, loyalty, the thrill of competition. Those virtues have inspired millions of people to play and win at FanDuel.com. Now, here's a brand new offer. When you use my code BEYOND at FanDuel.com, you can enter a no-risk tournament. That's any tournament offered on FanDuel, up to 10 bucks. Listen to this. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel will refund your account, guaranteed. FanDuel, and you know this by now, is the best place to play one-week fantasy football. Building a team is easy and fun. Just pick your players. Stay under the salary cap. Entry fees start as low as just a buck, so there's a league for everyone. They also offer NBA and NHL. FanDuel is not just for large tournaments, it's where you can set up a private league play against your friends, your old college buddies anytime, anywhere. Again, here's how to get started. Go to fanduel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use the code BEYOND and sign up and here's the new offer for my listeners. If you enter a league and don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. Any contest you want up to 10 bucks. Sign up at FanDuel.com, use the code BEYOND, make a deposit, choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that 10 bucks redeposited into your FanDuel account. You cannot lose, literally. Go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, use the code BEYOND. How much are you concerned with what Elizabeth said, that for all intents, she didn't complete the season? She has not, of course, played a match since that U.S. Open defeat. How, how much does that bother you, Scott?
3: It doesn't bother me at all because, uh, you know, she's 34 years old and she's managing her body. And of course, we always talk about the calendar and how, how unwieldy it is and too long and so on and so forth. I think it's an incredibly mature thing. Also, she's, you know, she's injured. I, I hear what you're saying in terms of let's, 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 uh, let's judge her on the, uh, on the year compared to Djokovic. But let's face it, um, we are not Tennis Magazine we're Sports Illustrated, and we pay a lot more attention to the slams like most people do than than the entire season. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be taken into Djokovic's, Djokovic's case, but I feel like the slams are the absolute barometer uh, of, of greatness in this sport, and she has directed her career toward that. And um, I think she's at a point where she's managing her body, but when she was out there doing the job, she did it as well as anybody could ever
2: expect. What do you think about... Dominance. How, how much do you think dominance plays into being sportsmen? Like Serena is by far the most dominant woman on the tennis tour. I think John in his um, essay points out the disparity in points between Serena and the number two versus Djokovic, who, I mean, he's number one, but the competition he's facing is closer to him. So how, what is your argument for that side of the coin?
3: Well, I, I think it's. I mean, first of all, that's that, that's like the greatest tennis stat of the year. So, John, tip of the hat. I, I, <laughs> I love that. I love that stat. Um, and, and and maybe you should be sportsman just for unearthing that. So, <laughs> it was in front of it was in front of all of us, and yet you saw it. So I mean, I mean, in some ways, you know, her dominance, his dominance is quote unquote more impressive because he's battling at this point, um, you know, day to day, more Hall of Famers. You know, with the exception of Venus, um, you know, you can make the case that that Serena at the top of the game, not the not the not the zero to fifty, zero to hundred, but but at the top of the game is not battling as difficult a field as Djokovic is battling. And so, her dom like their seasons, like their years, their dominances are different. I yeah. mean, it's it's and and it's no fault it's no fault of Serena. I I just feel like at the at the you know top three, four, five players. She actually was battling perhaps uh, a, a tougher uh, group, maybe you know, in the late 90s. Uh, but that's not her problem. She's gone through generation after generation, and the fact at 34 that she's doing this. And again, I do want to go back to this career achievement thing. I think it's important. I think I think you know she is. We are looking at one of the great all-time athletes and cultural figures of our of our era. And uh, I think it's a good time
0: to recognize that. Without breaking stride and without irony, you said late 90s. We should we should pause there and recognize <laughs> that she was winning majors, you know, when... Uh, when I started at when, SI. When, when Bill Clinton was our president. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I would yeah, also right. say that, uh, you know, th- there were some matches that she had to pull out this year. We all remember the French Open. There were matches when she was ill and clearly not 100% or she had a mental lapse, but... There were also matches when I think she played an unrivaled level of tennis. I mean, her play in the Wimbledon semifinals or in the Australian final against Sharapova, Sharapova. who she absolutely owns, there were matches right. where I would say tennis has never been played at a higher level. To me, it was this mix of the typical Serena mental strength and whatever we want to call whatever cliche we want to choose, this refuse to lose and mental toughness. But there were also matches I thought where she was At age 33, just absolutely dazzling.
2: I think there were also matches, Uh, too, where you could see, let's say, the top five women played against her. They still went into the match looking a bit intimidated. I think the only top player that didn't really look intimidated against Serena this year, in my opinion, was Azarenka. And that's just the way she – her swag, as we've talked about before, she goes into it thinking that she can beat or win against anyone – versus Djokovic, I mean, the guys that he, you know, played against in the top five, top 10 this year, they didn't seem to be as crestfallen, to be as like, okay, I have to go and slay Goliath. But for Serena, a lot of the girls you could tell, like, okay, what do I do? And if she, let's say, for example, she wasn't ill. She wasn't having a bad match. I mean, it was over within minutes. Um, So that's something else to go back to her dominance. It was There was a lot of intimidating, a lot of I am the queen factor in the way she carried herself. I
0: thought you wanted Djokovic.
2: I I said I was going to vacillate back and forth. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it was interesting to see.
3: But but oddly enough, her year was both dominant and fragile. It was a weird combination, which is, I mean, she is incredibly dominant. She is an incredibly imposing figure, yet her body, I mean, vomiting in Australia, then the flu in Paris. She gets through both of them, and meanwhile, you know, she pulled out of Indian Wells because of, you know, uh, her knees. I mean, she's got bone bruises on her knees from years of wear and tear that she's getting through. That's the big rest that she's going through right now is resting up, um, and and trying to to get her knees back because of the bone bruises. So, you know, this is she has really been battling herself as much as any field at this point, and father, father time, mother time, whatever, and and. And that, again, the fact that she prevailed through that, and, and we all know it's like so many times we say it's up to Serena. You know, it's, it's whether she, you know, she's oftentimes battling herself. Well, this was the ultimate expression of that this year.
0: College basketball's back. The NFL's in full swing. NBA players like Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook are already in midseason form or in finals form in the case of Curry. Make this week the week you get off the couch and actually go see a game in person. How are you going to do that? With the SeatGeek app, the best way to find a great deal on tickets and get to your seat. And get this, when you use my code BEYOND, you get a check back for 20 bucks. Here's how it works. Very simply, download the SeatGeek app on your phone or Android. It's free. Takes less than a minute. Then search for your event. Find a great deal. Enter our code BEYOND. And when you complete your purchase, SeatGeek will send you a $20 check to your home. It is that easy. SeatGeek pulls in ticketing options from hundreds of sellers online and shows you the best deal. They even have a feature called Deal Score that ranks tickets in your market and values the score and plots the best deal. Finally, the mobile app is safe, it's easy, it's seamless, you will not get bogus tickets. Again, redeem the promo code, get your $20 check, download the SeatGeek app today, enter the code BEYOND, SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. For the best deals, to go see sports and concerts, use the SeatGeek app, use our code BEYOND, and save $20. Hey everyone, it's Thanksgiving week here, so I want to take a moment and thank all of you, SI's podcast listeners, time is the greatest gift you can give to a podcaster, and we appreciate every minute that you've chosen to spend with us. We strive to pay back that investment with worthwhile content that informs, entertains, and even inspires. We want to hear from you again, so tweet me at John Wertheim or my producer, Jamie, at J.D. L-I-S-A-N-T-I. Use the hashtag Beyond the Baseline. From the SI Podcast family to yours, have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Daniel you... Murphy is going to win this. It's all going to be a moot
1: point. <laughs> well, that that was my question. So, if Serena or Djokovic do do not win this award this year, do you see do you guys see an opportunity for either player to come back next year and either replicate or surpass the year that they've both had this year? You know, how much does age play into this discussion?
3: Well, I mean, I I, I personally think, first of all, you know. There aren't many chances to go after a grand slam.
1: I mean, they've each won three.
3: I mean, it it really comes along very rarely for a reason. It's extremely tough. Paris comes and it's and it's a minefield for everybody usually. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is probably it. I I don't know about Djokovic because, you know, he's an entrancing figure in many ways. I and mean, this is a guy who has done. I I would argue, there you have your cult of Federer and you have your cult of Nadal, and for whatever reason, uh, Novak Djokovic has not won the hearts of tennis fans. you know, he has his partisans, but not nearly like these two guys. And I think he's done nothing wrong. I think he's he's been an incredible sportsman. I think he carries I think he represents the sport incredibly well. I think he's been the ultimate professional. And um I I could certainly see him having a chance in the future as his portfolio really only has a chance to expand because it's it's almost illogically limited, especially in the States at this point. Um, Serena, uh, you know, again, 34 years old and, and she's dealing with some ailing knees. Uh, you know, I, I, I would look, I would say I would be stunned if I ever see Serena win three slams again. On the other hand, Serena has been upending expectations, you know, since the moment she started, but, uh, I would say this is as, as good a time to give it to her as, as there ever has been.
2: In terms of Djokovic, I just wonder how much emphasis they're going to put on, the French next year, since he's never won the French, and he's won the other three, if the other three are going to suffer because he's going to be so focused on trying to win at Roland Garros next year and he's going to possibly have um, Nadal looming in the background trying to reclaim his title, Stan trying to defend his title. So that'll be interesting to see for me if he can be consistent and not just focus on that tournament at the expense of the other three.
0: I would say as, as a math exercise, as a probability exercise, the notion of a player again going 82 and 6, probably yeah. slim. You know, Djokovic had that great 2011, 2011 then he only yeah. won one major in 2012 and didn't, didn't medal at the Olympics. Um, same with Serena. Scott, as you say, the notion that she would again win three majors as she goes deeper into her 30s. But I think both – Sure are possible. I mean, the way tennis is structured now, you peak yeah. for these majors, and the Olympics are going to be an interesting uh, – Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the Olympics are going to be an interesting disruption. They come, obviously, right between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open in August. It's a hardcore tournament. But I think, especially in Djokovic, I think it's entirely – I think it's entirely within the realm of possibility that he turns in another year like 2015, as ridiculous as that sounds.
3: I mean I, I just I just I think it's a shame I mean that tennis you, you need to win at least three to be considered for sports the <laughs> I mean how did it's,
0: tennis do that to I itself? Mean, it's just, no one says that about I golf.
3: Have, no, but I mean the fact is like Serena says basically at this point if she's winning a slam a year, she's happy. You know, this that's that's her sort of bar. I mean, obviously she gets angry, dark, whatever, whenever she loses. But strategically she thinks if I get, if I finish a year with one slam, and essentially, that is a great year. Two slams is a, is a, a fantastic two, two, two year. Two Three fans slams is Hall is fame. of Fame.
2: But I think when, you're, right, exactly, when you exactly, keep winning them, exactly. when you've not been known to win them, like she has 21, so you figure, age aside, you expect her to win at least two at this point because she's Serena Williams. And I think now the same is going to be said for Djokovic. Like he has 10, and he's the number one player. Like you're going to expect him to win the Australian, to win Wimbledon, at least, at the very least.
0: Sky, you've been doing this a while. I've been doing this a while. I can't think of a time when there's been a longer staircase. I mean, you know, Federer beat Djokovic three times this year, including last week. But Federer, again, went through the year without winning a major. Andy Murray, who finished second, did not win a major. In the women's game, it's Serena and then a long staircase down (laughs) to the next level. I, I can't remember a time when both the male and female player were this far ahead of the rest of the field, and we were having a conversation that had the contours of this one. Just, yeah, an, ob- no, I, just an observation. I,
3: I agree. I, I, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's kind of extraordinary, although it's, it's sort of, I think it's, a, I, think it's not a, I think it's a good look for the sport at the moment. I don't think it's a bad thing because you have both dominant and people stalking history, but you have an intriguing cast of characters, certainly uh, among the men uh, far more vividly, you know, three or four guys, But um, it's a it's a it's a strange but fascinating time.
0: All right. Strictly as a thought exercise, um, the three of us would throw ourselves on the tracks, I'm assuming, to see a tennis champion win because you say to yourself, if not this year, then when? If you had to give the uh, you had to give sportsmen to a non tennis player, though, uh, just just as a fun thought exercise, Elizabeth, you first, who are you giving it to?
2: I hadn't thought of a non-tennis player.
1: Um, I'm going to say Carly Lloyd, if you're including me in this conversation.
0: I am including you in this conversation. Why would that be, Jamie?
1: (laughs) Just because for women's soccer, for the U.S. women's national team, they haven't broken through as they did since 1999. And if you're talking about a superior sports performance by someone, you're talking about three goals in a World Cup final game. Um, It's... Incredible, and that's that's
2: a sportsman-like accomplishment. Well put. I think I would probably say Steph Curry, um, just because Steph Curry is a boy playing a man's sport, and he's outplaying everyone, and he's still outplaying everyone. The finals ended in June, and he has picked up where he left off. They're 15-0. and Um, their best start ever. They're knocking on the door for the record, NBA record for best starts. And he's just dominating in ways that we haven't seen in a long time in a body that looks kind of like your typical campus nerd. Oh. Um, So I'm going to go for Steph, Def Steph.
0: He's he's a front runner for 2016. Scott, what do you (laughs) say?
2: Well,
3: uh, I'll 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 say it for argument's sake, and I actually have been arguing against it all year because uh, it isn't a person at all. But I'll, I'll say American Pharoah. The horse. Um, that, that 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 it is. I'm saying if we're not talking about a tennis player, the, ex- yet, the acceptance um, speech will acceptance, be lacking. Right, exactly. But 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 the the singularity of the speech uh, is is fascinating. I mean, somebody wins a NBA title every year. Not everybody wins a uh, or every. Animal wins a uh, triple crown. So so uh, I'll throw that in there. But I have to say that, you know,
0: really, when it gets right down to it, I think, um,
3: I think a tennis player is the most deserving all the way across the board. And the rest is just academic. What well, do you I say, think. John?
0: I think if a tennis player hey, were not to win, I would go way off the board. What, what do you make of the security guard at the Stade de France on November 13th who yeah. accosted the uh, the ISIS member? A, a, yeah. a suicide bomb inside a soccer match would have been a great disruptor in terms of sports. Yeah. I, I think I would go off the board, um, which we seldom do. But again, I, I feel like part of it is I feel strongly about tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is I feel strongly about Serena. But I also say, boy, if, if if tennis doesn't come out on top this year.
2: If not now, when? Yeah, if
0: not <laughs> now, when? Exactly. So
2: If
3: not now, when? All right. Jamie, I, when's our announcement?
1: T- t- <laughs> December fourteenth.
0: So December fourteenth.
1: We'll
0: yeah, exactly. All right, December fourteenth, we'll have a decisive answer.
3: And, and if it goes against us, uh, you'll see the, the 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 gang of four marching on on the uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated offices, <laughs> offices in, in in protest.
2: Boycott, yeah. boycott. Yeah, there you
0: go. All right, let's. Uh, that was match point. Let's shake hands with the net and we'll uh, we'll get a decisive answer in a few weeks. Thanks everyone.
2: Thank you. Thanks guys.
0: All right, that was this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis podcast with guests Scott Price, Elizabeth Newman, Jamie Lasanti. On behalf of all of us, thanks for listening. See you next week. Have a good Thanksgiving everyone.